Welcome back to the Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, the physical book reader who can spell all the characters' names, Jay. And doing as always is my co-host, the audiobook listener who can pronounce all those names, Z. How are we doing oh, today, Z? You, Jack. Yeah, I had it written down the opposite way, um, with like me being the audiobook and then you being the physical. But then as I pulled it up, I went, well, that's not right. There's an order that it yeah. should be. <laughs> that is like <laughs> reflective of real life. So I yeah, reversed it. And yeah, then it's real. And the audience has a parasocial relationship that's to us. That's maybe the first time that... Uh... The intro is just a real thing and not some weird, weird, uh, abstract. <laughs> weird, not doesn't apply to us. <laughs> well, you tell Well, I mean, I mean, the great Jedi, Jedi do exist, and you are a super fan who doesn't accept that. That one was a real one, so that's two real ones, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Well, only about only about half that statement is is close to being correct. The, All right, Jet. New episode of Hawkeye. So three of Hawkeye. Three. Halfway through already, which is. Doesn't feel like it, but I guess because they just, right on in. yeah, I guess because obviously you skip a week, um, yeah. Well, and it's it's definitely a smaller sort of scale show, yeah. So um, compared to really any of the Marvel shows yet. So uh, overall, I thought this week was pretty solid. Um, definitely good action, but that's kind of that's kind of mostly it, right? There's just kind of flashy action in the middle, and then there's not much. I don't know, like plot. Yeah, I, I, I noticed that kind of as well. There, there's a plot at the beginning, like introducing Echo and her character, and then it kind of just does a little bit of plot, but not enough that I thought they needed to be an hour long episode. Like the action was cool, but I feel like there could have been a little bit more, more plot. I think. Yeah, I, I could kind of agree. I, I guess I, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it's a problem because overall it was still engaging enough to be good, but. Yeah, I mean, and the action was was solid. Well, I guess, so let's start with Echo, though, because it was first. So, obviously, we saw her last week, and we kind of knew that was mm-hmm. going to be Echo. It's still kind of vague, for the most part. Like, I think that's intentional. They're kind of, you know, dragging it out a little. But it, it does seem that she, like, her whole life has been kind of Im- embroiled in this criminal side of things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's been, like, a, just a literally trained. Like, she's doing yeah. martial arts training. So the thing I, I thought was interesting is that this actress is also um like uh is an amputee I, I, maybe not an amputee but just like missing one of her legs which i thought mm. which i don't i obviously don't think that's i don't know if i, I don't think i was missing a leg in the comics i thought that was yeah. just an interesting thing to have uh yeah. like what is there's um and i think in the intro there's an interest like when she's kickboxing the guy like hits her in her prosthetic leg uh, that was just like a fun thing because she can't feel it and yeah. she kicks ass that was a just interesting um thing but i liked uh her as echo i thought yeah truth here too well one thing i i thought was weird was maybe they explained it but like in the scene in the beginning when she's like in school and she doesn't have an interpreter and the teacher goes some says something about an interpreter why doesn't she have an interpreter like i assume this is a public school and i assume the state would provide someone like that maybe i don't know enough about that but i just found that kind of weird that they just were like all right deaf girl figure it out and well, like the I teacher mean, knew she was dead. Like I was, it yeah. was, maybe I just don't know enough about this kind of stuff. I mean, I don't have anybody in my family who like severely hard of hearing like that. So I just, I obviously don't know enough about it. But it just seemed like she would have someone there to help her, and like she wouldn't just be like, like kind of left to her own devices in a in a way. I mean, like they they do mention it, or they kind of address the fact that he's like they don't really have the money to like send her to a, a special right, school, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Is the implication that you're okay? I guess never mind. I'm looking it up right now because I thought maybe the implication was that she was in the U.S. But um, this says that they did grow up in New York. So yeah, I guess I don't. I don't really know. You're, I kind of get what you mean. 
I mean, you could be like, oh, it was, wasn't as robust back then, but I don't know. It was like 2007, right? It yeah, it's not. Uh, and like the MCU, because the MCU is in the 2020s now. Like, yeah. really, it's not that long ago. Like, right. Haley Steinfeld's character, Haley, Steinf- Haley Steinfeld's character and Echo, I assume, are around the same age. Or, yeah. Uh, Kate Bishop and yeah. Echo are around the same age. So, like, they were both, like, probably around our age. Like, they're literally our, our age, essentially. Maybe Echo's, mm-hmm. like, 25 or 26, but even still, like, at, at most, she was born in 1994, 1995. Well, it's, yeah, it says in the little intro thing, like, what year it is, right? When oh, yeah. Was, oh, yeah, yeah it does. I think it was, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. And another thing I thought was weird, and maybe it's another thing I just don't know enough about this kind of stuff, is, like, when she's talking to her dad, um, when she was when she's a little kid, and she's like, I, why can't I just go to deaf school? Like, it'd be easier if I just went to deaf school. And he said, we don't have the money. And then he says, which obviously makes sense, like, oh, you just don't have the money, you don't have the money. And that might like lead into why he does crime to give her whatever in like an mm-hmm. implicit way. But then he says like also that he she's like part of two worlds and that she's like special, which I'm not saying she's not, but like I don't know if that's the right word for a girl who's deaf going to a non like deaf focused school. Like she's I don't know. It just feels like a weird way to like put that in and say to a kid when that kid understands like is old enough to understand that there is a place I could be doing better at. Like it just seems strange to me. Like it's just a weird. I don't. I don't know. Again, I don't really know. I don't really know what my point is here. It just was like stood out to me as like odd. Yeah, I think there's. It's probably a thing of they're trying to like fold in sort of character stuff, like in like a you know an abstract narrative sense, right? Because mm-hmm. this is ultimately a TV show, and they're trying to fold that in with it. And it's you know I you know maybe it just comes off a little heavy handed. Yeah, yeah, they did it. Like as a character, she's in two worlds, and she's, and I they, part of that's probably like the crime, right? Like that's yeah. probably one of the two worlds. But then, yeah, you kind of have to, they're like, all right, how do we fold this in with her character trait or whatever, her defining aspect of being a character with a disability? And yeah, I, I, I kind of see what you mean. It does come off a little like, yeah, maybe just heavy-handed. Yeah. Like, all right, it's, it's, it's that kind of classic thing of like, oh, their disability is the superpower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I know, I know people who are like differently able to whatever have a problem with that sometimes because ultimately the goal is to just not bring it up at all. Yeah, just whenever you can. Yeah, just, just not have really, it mentioned. Yeah, just not have it be like a thing that you really got to talk about at all. So when all these movies and stuff want to be like you're be, being dis- disabled is the real superpower, it's kind of like well, no, it's not really a superpower. Just a part, it's just, just who I am. Like, like I am. Yeah, just, just so, like kind of thing that is. I don't know, but it is kind of interesting. To bring her to introduce her in the Hawkeye show, I think, because obviously they they are finally doing the thing of Hawkeye being, I guess he's and this he's hard of hearing himself, which is kind of neat because then they can have that like dynamic mm-hmm. or whatever. I, no, I one 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 more thing I'll mention about the first scene. I I will stop relating the first like five minutes of this episode, but one this is a, like a little kind of fun thing I noticed is that when they're talking about dragons, he mentions like dragon like dragons live in a different world. They don't live in our world. Uh, which I I would hope, which I would think is like a a, a sneaky reference to Tao Lo from Shang Chi with the protector, because obviously yeah. that's a big dragon in another world. I thought that was a fun little like thing that I don't know if everyone would notice, but I just think it's like a fun little thing they put in. Maybe I don't. Yeah, I kind of I kind of got that as well. I mean, that's what I was kind of thinking. Well, I mean, there's only a handful of like references, appearances of dragons in the MCU. One of which is like the now sort of like defunct Netflix side of things. 
So you could probably disregard that. So yeah, and obviously Shang Chi is like very recent, so mm-hmm. I think it's safe to assume. Right. Yeah. It's kind of cool because like I don't know, maybe it's just a just a like a legend or whatever. Just really, it's just a story he's telling here, or maybe that implies that he has some some sort of knowledge of it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to know with that kind of stuff. Like with Marvel stuff, it's like, does he know or does he just like know stories? Because like it can really yeah. could go either way. Other thing, yeah, I, I I didn't know this as well. I thought it was cool. I guess we've talked about this on the show before, but like lately in the comics, um, Echo has like become more of a a powered cosmic kind of individual. Um, so maybe that is kind of hinting at that even that, because it, it seems like the MCU generally, um, does this like. Uh, Shang Chi is a good example of this, where his MCU um, version, even just where he stands after his first movie here, is like basically way powered up compared mm. to his comic version. Who really is just a guy who's very good at martial just arts. Like the he's no best martial artist around, but he's not like yeah, just like he's a human no guy. And in this, he's got the ten rings now and everything. Like he's he's powered up, probably because they're like, well, we want to have him on this. We you know we want to have him more or less on the same level as yeah. everyone else. So maybe that's even a hint of that. Is that like? Because she has her own solo show and everything coming up, maybe that'll all tie in and she'll get some some mystical kind yeah. of stuff as well. One thing I think is very interesting uh, is how they use... Now, I know they say I like maker of two worlds and like you know, special. I didn't really like that. But I think they kind of make tie it more into the episode like in the present day when she notices Clint's hearing aid and then she like takes out her hands and is like trying to talk to him. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not deaf. And then she kind of gets mad at him because it's like, well, why are you... Just like just do sign language, like I can do it, and you're supposed to be like yeah. this Avenger. Why aren't you doing it? Like, wh- what's your what's your deal, man? So I thought that was an interesting kind of like dynamic they set up between the two of them. Yeah, I can't tell what it's trying to imply because at at various points of this episode, he seems to be better or worse at ASL. Is it is it just that he has like a like a relatively like a rudimentary level? You think he's just not like I, I think that's what it is. I think he's just not fluent. I think he knows like like basic things to get by mm-hmm. but he probably can just like write stuff down like he probably relies more on writing stuff down or like texting and stuff just just because like it probably is easier because we do yeah. have that scene when he leaves his kids leave where his son like signs a little bit to him and he like does it mm-hmm. back so they must know a little bit to get by like just in case like something goes wrong but probably just relies yeah. on the fact that his hearing aid is going to work and i think like you you said that the part where she kind of seems to get like, yeah, a little mad at him or whatever you say when he can't sign with her. I think that's kind of like an accurate thing. Uh, you know, I've taught this because I guess I have a little more exposure than you because the school I went to had like a very significant um, deaf and hard of hearing student population. So there's a thing I was exposed to a lot. And I mean, I'm not, I'm certainly no authority on it, but I, from what I've heard, like there's this dynamic sometimes in that, I guess, like community where there kind, can like, be just like, like a controversy like a divide it's it's yeah there's kind of a controversy of like like we talked about they don't people don't want it to want you to consider it like this massive like negative in their lives right so sometimes there can be controversy in that own in the, within that community of people who have hearing aids or cochlear implants and stuff who do who are able to regain some amount of hearing and then like that kind of can from what i understand like put them at odds sometimes with people who in the community who do not do that who do not like want to or, or even are unable to because the idea is like well why like why do you need to hear I, you know aren't we like good enough without it or whatever kind mm-hmm. of deal so i think that could be kind of thing like when she's like why don't you just not use your hearing aids like you'd be better off if you were just walking around and you just had to like i don't i don't even know what she's getting at feel <laughs> it's probably like some daredevil shit yeah right? probably feel, man. <laughs> feel he's he's blind so 
It's no, not quite the it's same. It's close. Because this hearing's really good. Is it best turn around? I, don't know. I, I guess I don't really don't get an for that. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. They th- and, like, yeah. I bet that's going to come to a head at some point. Some Chekhov's gun type shit where he's going to go deaf at, at, like, a significant moment. He's going to f- feel the bow. <laughs> I, I think I think the unfortunate part um, about... Not unfortunate, but... I think it's fine. Like, they're doing the Hawkeye deaf in the comics and they have, like, a deaf character and all that. But I think that when Hawkeye shows up, like, in an Avengers movie, he will they will not reference the fact that he needs that. Like, they won't call back to it. Like unless it, unless like an actor is physically like the actor for Mercury or the actor for Echo whose names I don't know unfortunately I'm really bad with names like they're actually deaf in real life like they actually their actors are deaf so they have to sign with sign language just in general and that's what all the characters do to them because well the characters are deaf but Hawkeye Jeremy Renner isn't deaf is the ideas I'm trying to get at so I don't think they'll really call back to it so like you know it's kind of yeah. like why like not like why even do it but kind of like why even do it. You know, we've talked about this in the past when when I brought this up and like we like when we talked about the comic and stuff and like the potential of them doing the death of the Hawkeye thing in this show here in the comics. It's very much the same way. Right. They don't if if they don't want it to be a big deal, it's not. And like he's very rarely ever profoundly deaf. He usually is like hard of hearing and he can just kind of do that with the hearing aids. And that's that again, that's how it is in that the comic run that we just read and everything. Like he's not deaf for most of that until something happens to him, right? Yeah. So I, I, I think that is probably how they'll dress it. And even in the show, again, if his hearing aids are working, he's he yeah, is mm. fine. So yeah, again, it's it seems like a thing that they only really bring up for like Hawkeye centric stories in the comics, yeah. you wanna see. Because yeah, nine nine times out of ten when Hawkeye appears, it's not really brought up or mentioned at all. Mm. And we've I've even said before, right? He, he's like come and gone where there's there's been periods where it's like more or less brought up and I want to say like the 80s is when it first started but then he's just gone through like cycles of it's always oh, fine it's not even a thing anymore and then it's back and then right, he yeah. gets stabbed in the he gets stabbed in the ear yeah, and assassin stabs and, him with an arrow and he's like I guess I'm deaf again so yeah it's uh it, yeah it, it's one of those things like we always talk with comics like there's always this kind of continuous cycle of like let's set things back to normal let's make things way different let's set things back to normal let's let's, let's do something yeah. real new Let's, change, so, let's yeah. change the game. Let's go back. So I think in the future, anything that Hawkeye appears in, I think yeah, they'll they'll probably just utilize it at their own discretion. Mm-hmm. Really. Another thing I thought was weird with the hearing aid, and I think we'll move we'll move on. We won't, we won't again belate these topics we're starting on. I thought it was really strange that he goes to like a weird like back alley repair person to fix his hearing aid, and not just like. A hospital because i assume he'd have health yeah. insurance and be like hey can i get a new one and they'd be like yeah okay sure man you're an avenger i'm sure you have fucking health insurance like people i i thought the same thing and like again we're we're not experts so maybe we're wrong but yeah. I, maybe they, those have like um sort of prescriptions and stuff i maybe, really don't that's, know but, i mean that's very positive again we are not we don't have any we don't we're not i'm not i'm not exposed to any of this at all so and we won't we I won't thought, make sweeping judgments yeah i wonder i was like can he not just go to like a pharmacy and get a new yeah, one? Yeah, or, or you can just buy those, right? I mean, again, I but like I feel like I see them places. Yeah, even, so I don't know. Even if you need like a specific one, I'm sure. I mean, I guess because like yeah. that thing was toast. What are the odds? Like, how would that lady realistically? How did she fix that? Right? Like, how do you fix a thing? Like it's that? so small, and intricate. Like, it feel like at some point, just like well, you like it's so small. It if it like she because yeah. that girl crushes it under her boot. And Echo is strong, so I'm sure her boot like destroyed yeah. most of the 
inner mechanism. So like at that every point, single part of that was just was smashed. Yeah. Every, like she just had to replace the whole thing. Just give him a new one. <laughs> just, just find a new one. Come on, Hawkeye. But yeah. So uh, let's get into the action then, because it it that does kind of bleed right into the action scene, which I thought was really fun. Oh yeah. And, uh, we talked about it in the comic. It, it's taken straight from that comic run. Well, not straight. It's it's a little different, but yeah. it's it's that same kind of vibe. They're in the car, and they're, it's the it's the mafia dudes chasing them. The trick um, arrows, and they're using all the trick arrows. And this had like the extra level of sort of, I guess, comedy to it, right? Where because he doesn't have his hearing aid at that point, they're not communicating very well, <laughs> which is just a further wrinkle. Yeah. Which is yeah, just like, what arrow is this? And he's like, yeah, go to the arrow. It's this arrow. Careful with that arrow. Yeah, they're just talking past each other the whole time. It's kind of fun. It's funny that one time they kind of line up and they, they say like the same thing. And then she's like, oh, we're communicating. And it's, it's pretty funny because it's like the least communicating they're doing. Yeah, it's, really. it's, they just said the same word. That's not what communication is. I did no, think it was no. funny when they run up to like the Camaro, whatever the car is from the comics. Like obviously a reference yeah. to it. And he like breaks the other one. He's like, I'm not going to break a window of that car. And they drive off. Yeah. And then Echo's car, so she's driving it. And then it gets smashed. And he's like, damn it, it got smashed anyway. Like, oh, come on. Yeah. So the trick arrows were all very fun because they actually did different ones. Well, some different ones than are in that sequence in the comics that I thought was fun. Right? So they did. he did like the he did like the explodey kind of rocket grenade one, whatever you call it. So that one's pretty much. And the putty one is also in that mm. comic sequence. I think I've told you before, like, it's kind of a deep dive that they did for that comic sequence in the run there because the, like, types of arrows and their... um the drawings right that they use is taken straight from this like old marvel right, reference yeah, yeah. book okay have i showed you this? i you haven't I shown me but we, i think we've talked about it on the show before it's just it's just a fun little thing like and it's got all the different description and then they actually utilize them in the uh in that comic and so like i said some of those are brought in but then obviously the big one which is like the new edition probably that i don't think i've ever seen before in anything is the the Pim arrow, it's like the yeah. I thought arrow. that was very interesting. I did not expect that at all. I like that. I, I thought they, I thought yeah. they made the arrow fucking way bigger than it should have been. It's the iron. I, yeah, I feel like the huge. arrow would have um pierced the bridge itself because it's got yeah. a. It's very high, and as it falls, it'll just gain momentum and mass because it's so big. That probably caused structural damage. It probably, it probably might even hit that subway train and kill all those people on the subway. Yeah. Also, how are they gonna? I mean, it is. How are they going to get it, it off? It is still an error. It's probably not as heavy as you might think. That's true. It's like a hollow carbon fiber arrow thing. That is true. But I mean, it's really big, so yeah, it's pretty it's, heavy. It's heavy enough. But yeah, that was just amusing. Yeah, it's just a good, just a good one. I don't know. It's cool. Yeah. I they've done uh they've done the fun stuff with Hawkeye Zero. It's like they haven't done everything. We never got your classic uh like boxing gloves. I was going to say, I really wish we'd get one of those just like a dumb, that didn't do anything, just like bounced off a car. I like, they like the USB arrow. Oh, yeah, th- that, that was a good callback, actually. Yeah, that she used the USB arrow to no effect because yeah. it's a USB. But even like, I guess they do use the uh, like weird net grapple line one. I don't even know what you'd call that one. The one where like she shoots the windshield and it just shoots out in a and bunch like of directions. And like grabs all the trees and pulls them in. I don't even know what that one's about. I, I will say, for some reason, the MCU, they really like they give them very, very specialized kind of arrows. Like, I guess because they're flashy, yeah. but they're kind of weird. Like, there's the one in Avengers, the first Avengers movie, right? Where he shoots an alien in the head, and then, like, uh, a sort of a circle, like a ring of, like, eight more projectiles. Or, or maybe it's not eight, but whatever. You get the idea. Like, shoot out from the alien's head, and then hit, like, five other aliens around him. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, 
how specific do they have to be like positioned for that to even yeah, be useful? Like if, what happens if it was like jammed into like a deep part of his body and just like bounced around his cat the inside of his body? Like or just everyone around him was off by like a couple feet in either direction yeah. and they all just all those those secondary projectiles just whiz past. Ridiculous. Quiet. But just fun. I mean, what what else are you gonna do with Hawkeye? He does have a bow and arrow. Yeah, he's, he's not, you gotta just gotta give him the goofiest things. I was thinking like um when it's just the acid arrows, and like yeah. and I was like that kind of acid is insane because that just ate through like solid metal like in three seconds or yeah. less than two seconds. That would just very much uh that's very much comic book yeah. acid, isn't it? Yeah. Very it's not gr- bright green burns through anything indiscriminately kind of acid. I do kind of wish they'd brought brought in the boomerang arrow because that was like a very fun uh. Yeah, part, moment in that, right, in that yeah, issue yeah. of the comic was that she that, that's kind of how they they finish it off is that it's looking bad and then she like throws her arrow away but then it comes back and hits him and that's fun and boomerang arrow another just like ridiculous comic ear yeah, kind of goofy like why would you have a boomerang arrow it shouldn't exist that doesn't work. <laughs> why would, would an arrow also I be even, a boomerang i even liked when uh he was like she's like oh you, you rely too much on technology and he's like well my my main thing is Two sticks and a string, so I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is Hawkeye, or uh, uh, MCU Hawkeye is very uh, sort of self-aware. Yeah, he's just like, right? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty- the whole Age of Ultron thing, right? right? The whole, like, I, we're in a flying city, we're fighting army of robots, uh, robots, and I have a bow and arrow. I got a bow and arrow. None of this makes sense. None of this makes any sense. Uh, I like, they kind of use him to hang a, hang a lampshade, because he, like, knows, he's like, yeah I'm, yeah, I'm not Captain America, I'm not Iron Man, I'm not Thor, I'm not... Not even Hulk, like I'm not even Black Widow. I'm just a guy with a bow and arrow. Like, I don't even use guns. I did like. I think this is the this is pretty much the first time we've seen him really uh, use the bow though. This in the show yet, and uh, real good. It's oh so yeah, sweet. he's just so quick and, and accurate. It's very fun. I like the close up one where he just releases it. He's hiding in the ball pit, stabs those guys in the yeah. feet. Good stuff. Kate Bishop is very good, but um, I think this episode definitely showed like nah. She's not she's not best archer in the world territory yet, is she? No. Like, no, no, he's still around. So that's yeah. kinda cool. But she again, she is still great, like obviously. There's shots where he's just like, shoot off, shoot the traffic lights, and she just does. I was like, And wow, she and she had like two at once. She did like a she like shot them yeah. in different directions, which is wild. Crazy. One thing I another thing I'll one thing I will say about the plot is when she's like maybe maybe this is like Kate Bishop being kind of I don't know, silly or something. I don't know, silly is the right word, but she's like, Yeah, we gotta break into my mom's house. And I was like why would you have to break into your mother's house? Just tell your mom you're going to be at her house and she'll probably be like, okay, Kate, because you're not like estranged from her. You know what I mean? I think the implication is that she's a little estranged, but I kind of agree. I, I don't get, I guess maybe this is me misinterpreting or something, but is she, are we meant to understand that she lived full time at that little apartment I, place? I don't know. I I really am unclear. I may, She must. I thought the first episode seemed to apply that she lived at home with her mom still because she. I don't know because her mom references her apartment, so she's like she knows she's like there's a fire at your apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it's not like Kate Bishop has a secret apartment her mom doesn't know about. Right. Maybe. Well, I don't know. I, I kind of agree though. Like yeah, there is no reason she shouldn't be able to just go to her mom's house H- and, and hang out when her mom isn't there. It's like her mom. And this episode also made me think: when and how is Yolanda gonna show up, and what's she gonna do? Because I don't... Yeah. I mean, like you said, we're already halfway. Yeah. Well, I guess we haven't even addressed this yet. I think this episode uh, definitely furthers... Oh, yeah. Well, in, right? he, like, shows his hand. Do we see his hand? I think Do so. Because, like, when... um Yeah, and Echo's flashback in the beginning. No. When she at the dojo, and, like, his her yeah. dad is there, and that guy pulls up and touches her face, and she smiles up at him. I think that's... Oh. I think that's supposed to be Kingpin. 
Alrighty. No, you got it. Yeah. There you go. But it's hidden. And like all the well, like it's just all the vague references throughout of like the boss, the uncle, they call it uncle, yeah, the big guy, and like even I think it seems like um, even Clint there knows that it's knows who Kingpin is, right? Yeah. Because when she's like, "Is she in charge?" and he's like, "Ah, no, there's there's someone, someone else." Yeah. There's like a, a there's, a, man, there's a big man upstairs, literally a massive tank of a man. Yeah. Um, I've I'd like the. Reference to the classic comic costume. Oh, that was great. With the big um, H. And he's like, this yeah. is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. He's like, wings, like a like a hawk. It's got a, that's pretty an good. H. Uh, that's... I, and we haven't seen it yet, but in this show, at some point here, Hawkeye's going to get a new costume that is essentially his comic costume now. Like what Hawkeye has worn in, for the past, I don't know, 10 years or so since he died and came back. Right, of course. Um, so... That's cool. I guess I don't know what I was getting at that. But yeah, they, they do like, it's kind of like um, they did in Luke Cage, where at one point he's like wearing the tiara. They do it in Jessica Jones, where they just make fun of the class, like the, the you know, Golden Age costumes, or I guess Silver Age, whatever. So yeah, they, they do a little good. bit in uh, WandaVision with the Halloween episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so it's that's always fun. Yeah. Um, I also want to talk about, what was it? Um, I lost my train, I thought. We did Kingpin, we did his new, <laughs> did the trick arrows, we did. Um, Yeah, so let's just say, oh, that's what it was. So I liked the scene where his, uh, or he was talking to his son on the phone. That's kind of nice. That's yeah. kind of an interesting way it was presented, obviously, because of his. Yeah, really I, I liked it. it. They did the thing, I was watching with my friends, and after the scene ended, I was like, man, why does every Marvel show have to have one scene where you're just like really sad, where a character just does something that would be like, man, they're a person, yeah. and now I'm sad. Yeah, it, it really is. Like, it's, I don't know. And I think, so this is something I want to talk about. I I think this could be, uh, I think this could be, like, Jeremy Renner, Hawkeye, his uh, his swan song, in a sense, maybe. Mm. It would not surprise me if this is, like, one of his last appearances. Because he's from that old guard of, like, the first Avengers. He's, like, I guess him and, and Bruce Banner are the only two left, right? Yeah. Or, am I forgetting someone? Well, oh, no, Thor's still well, Thor's off. Oh, so I guess Thor's off shit. world, though. Yeah, he is doing his own thing, but he's I mean, he's got two movies coming up here. Well, so maybe I've spoke too soon. I don't know, though. Like, they've been doing this whole Hawkeye's got a family thing for basically since Age of Ultron, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of been his defining thing since then, since since we established that he had a family, right? In that one, it's like this whole, he, he kind of wants to retire to be to be this family, and then he retires, but then he comes back for Civil War, and he's like, oh, disappoint my kids. You know, I, I was too good at golf in retirement, and then obviously, you know, Infinity War and Endgame all happens, and like, it seemed like it was right back to like, all right, I'm retired. I'm gonna retire, be with my family who's come back from the dead. It's, uh, I'll sweet stop for killing me. all these uh, yakuza mafia cartel guys. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I I think at some point they just gotta commit to that, otherwise it feels a little lame. And like, they really should like see that scene. I'm like, he should just be with his family. Yeah. Like, you can't give a guy, you can't give him three kids and a wife and a wife in a, in a nice home out in the country and just have him not do it. Like, just. I don't know. And not that I want him to go, because I very much enjoy Hawkeye, Jimmy Ren and all, but I think that might be what they're setting yeah. up, because they're bringing in Hawkeye, right? Like, we, we've we talked about this. In the comics, Hawkeye, it, Kate Bishop Hawkeye comes in because Clint Barton is dead. This is not the case of that, but so it has to almost go the other way, where Clint Barton has to be like, all right, Kate Bishop, you, you got it. You can be here, Hawkeye. Right? Go, go be Hawkeye or something. Go to Young Avengers in a couple years. Yeah. <laughs> so... 
Yeah, I mean, again, I wouldn't, I don't necessarily want that. And like, he could stick around as sort of a legacy guy in the background, maybe, you know, pop in every fifth movie so that we all get excited. And, oh my gosh, it's all oh good. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I probably think will happen. When I'll make a happy little prediction. I think it'd be fun if at the end of the show, because obviously, based on like, I've seen like most of the things that like Hawkeye meets Kate Bishop's mom, like Clint meets. And they talk about it, like they talk about mm-hmm. what's happening at one point, which I assume will be next episode, because when the fuck else could it happen? It really can't happen any other time without it being weird. Um, so I think maybe at the end, like Hawkeye will just bring his whole family to New York, and those him and Kate and her mom and his family will all just spend Christmas together, and I'll be a fun little. Everyone will be happy. Aww. It'll be a Marvel show that doesn't end kind of sad. Well, that'd be well, nice. actually half because Falcon and Winter Soldier in it happily, or Captain America and Winter Soldier. But WandaVision was sad because they're fake kids are dead and husband's dead and loki was sad because loki just was loki just got fucked like they just destroyed my mans <laughs> yeah i i mean i do think it will have a happy ending um and like people we talked about like the joke that was going on for a while which is like all these other marvel shows have these deep kind of themes and hawkeye's just like it's christmas but i think obviously this episode shows that the theme is about and he literally says this out loud to her right like the cost of being mm-hmm. a hero like this because he's like, you want to be a superhero and shit, but uh, it kind of sucks. I never see my kids. Yeah. It's really sad. My kid, ex- my, my kid was like, it's fine, Dad, if you got to do this. And he's like, God, I really hate that my kids to say that to me. That's no good. Yeah. Uh, one last thing I want to talk about, which was I was confused by. Maybe you could shed some light. Maybe maybe you have a different I mean, I am smarter, so. Right, right. Of course. I'm sure you understand. <laughs> uh, maybe I just wasn't paying attention well enough. But, like, I didn't realize that nobody knew he was Ronan it didn't i don't know that did not like strike me until this episode when they yeah i guess i was like oh I, yeah see that I, I i will be i will have to agree like it's starting like i didn't realize that literally nobody figured yeah. it out and like this whole like it it, it just feels kind of dumb especially in the mcu where we do not have very many at all heroes who have an alter ego that they're like actively trying to protect right it's just not really a thing that they ever mm-hmm ran with in the mcu for anyone pretty much other than spider-man right so this idea of like oh yeah literally doing like the freaking comic book thing of like he's he's my friend but i can't tell you who because i gotta protect him and it's like so you hawkeye a superhero vigilante guy have another superhero vigilante friend who you can't tell us about it literally is kind of like the well we've never seen ronan and hawkeye in the same room (laughs) (laughs) it really feels like that level of logic that if someone just applied they would figure it out kind of immediately instantly, like huh there's a point in time where there's a guy running around killing um mob guys and hawkeye is a spy and he wasn't around and then once hawkeye showed up ronan was never seen yeah, again it's kind of and like mm, interesting I is, I, we talked about this and i guess you were right i kind of looked looked into it again watched the scene and, and and looked up like the action figures and shit i guess when he's in his proper ronan his full Ronin getup. He really does not have a bow or use a bow at all. He's just running around with a couple of swords. So I right. guess that's part of it is like, I, I, maybe people really are thinking like, well, Ronin uses swords and Hawkeye uses bow and arrow. So I don't Everyone knows only so. can have one thing. You can't use two and like, things. But then, but then again, the idea, the, the fact that they have that Ronin suit is because they found it at the Avengers compound. It was recovered from there. That should be like, well... So he's an Avenger, or like hangs out with the Avengers. I, I don't know. It's just weird to me. I didn't. I did not realize until like this episode that that's the uh, plot they're running with is that nobody knows, including Kate Bishop, because uh, it seems like she should just be like yeah, able to put I, it together. And maybe that'll be like it'll be one of those revelations where she's like, "Yeah, I knew. I just didn't want to say it. 
it's waiting for you to say it or something. But stuff. You know what? Weird. Actually, what could know. be funny is that when Yolanda shows up, if she just figures it out immediately, she's like, "Oh yeah, it's yeah, it you're Ronan." And everyone is like, "Everyone was like, what?" He's like, "Duh, of course, <laughs> like, of course he's Ronan." Yeah. Are, are you stupid? Like, what are you talking? Like, because Yolanda kind of does that in like Black Widow. She's kind of just like, I mean, she's smart, she's a smart character. She kind of does that like, "Hey, are you stupid? Mm-hmm. This is clearly what's going on." So I think it'd be a funny moment if like to Kate Bishop, like she meets Hawkeye and is like, "Oh, you're Ronan." That, and Hickman's like, "I didn't know that." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And like, they're going. So for- I. We talked about this last week, but they're going for sort of a less confident kind of Kate Bishop in this show. So, which is fine because they, they're doing more like the mentor mentee thing that they didn't get to do in the comics, really, because of the way, again, he was dead. So I, I get all that. But yeah, it does feel like at some point she's got to put it together, right? Because when he's doing, when he's given all the clues mm-hmm. and he's got like the, oh, yeah, I know this about this. I don't know about. And then she's like, oh, are you? Do you, you hear all that from Ronan? He's like, yeah, uh, yeah, from Ronan, a guy, yeah. a different guy I know who definitely isn't oh, me. I'd be really, really strange if he was me. Oh, yeah. How would I know yeah, all that this stuff person, if I wasn't yeah, Ronan? This, there is a third individual who's giving me this information. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Black Widow killed him and I was there. We were both there as Black Widow <laughs> That's right, killed this guy. Yeah. who I was, But who I was friends with and told me all this stuff. So why would a friend of mine kill another friend of mine? I get- um, yeah, he, that interesting was a point, scene. Echo. Or that was like a funny moment because he's he's getting very uh, it's a bit philosophical, isn't it? Like Ronan yeah. died, Black Widow killed. I was, and there, I was there when Ronan died. And it's like, so you you, you mean you, Hawkeye? <laughs> so you're so you you're Ronan. Like, like, uh, uh, this is like no, this is like metaphorical. You mean like you, you Ronan died and you you are a new man now? I, I get it. I mean that's it's fine, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, good and I guess probably part of it is like it's not interesting at all to us as the audience because uh, we know who Ronan is. Um, we again we talked about this mm-hmm. last week or a couple weeks ago or some, but in the comics that was like a thing where we didn't know who Ronan was at first. It was played as like a something of a mystery, but they obviously didn't do that in the movies here because Ronan appears and then like two seconds later Hawkeye takes his mask off. It's like ah, it's me, it's Clint. So <laughs> it's not really a thing. We talk about it in, yeah. I in mean, the comics. Maya is the first Ronan, just kind of interesting in of itself. But so yeah, mm-hmm. I, I guess maybe that's it. Is that it's not interesting to us as the audience because obviously we know who Ronan is. So it's all like, who could it be? Is it's a little like tiresome. Yeah, bit of, bit of running around the bush for no reason. I mean, overall, I think um, before we move on here, uh, I overall thought it was good, and I'm excited for oh, these next three. Definitely see enjoying it. Out of it, it's it's it is very fun. It's just the lighthearted one. I don't know. Uh, I guess no, we said last week, definitely give it a little bit more time to probably probably just finish to make the judgment call. But yeah, definitely up there so far yeah. as, as the MCU shows, because it is just a, definitely a more lighthearted, just kind of fun one that you can enjoy for sure. Yeah. So that's what you're looking for. It definitely yeah. has that going for it. Right, yeah, I agree. So I think we can probably act attack out of that into a uh, unexpected, truly, uh, trailer trash or trailer cash. But for us, the new sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, I believe. Now, I will say, this is technically called a first look. Now, I think we should have thing. We should have trailer trash and trailer cash. And I think I should introduce a new segment that I literally like just thought of like ten seconds ago. Where if it's first look, we call it first look in the book. The... All right. <laughs> if you want, is that fun? Is it? <laughs> no, I, not, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how many first looks are going to be. I don't know if there's enough to warrant a whole other how segment. How is going to distinguish itself from? trailer trash or trailer oh, trash. it won't it's just like oh, a fun thing we can because say. this isn't a trailer it's a first look ah yeah, it's not quite I a trailer see. understood all right so this is first look in the book well, we look 
We're taking a look at first, at look. first look. First look. All right. So it's there's really not much to it, right? It's just kind of setting up yeah. the the general idea of it. The next movie. Like when Spider Gwen shows up and she's like, "Hey, what's hey, up?" Miles, want to want to hang out? He's like, "Oh, geez, you're so pretty." Oh. <laughs> Clearly, further on, he's a little older. He's a little bigger than we saw him in Spider Verse, so pretty solid. Haley Haley yeah. Steinfeld's just eating this week. My goodness, I didn't <laughs> she really think is. even just Hawkeye Spider Verse. Yeah, she's kind of she's uh, she's the rare double dipper, eh? She's got two yeah. two under her belt, so good on her, I guess. Um, uh, not good. Okay, I'll just see what uh I thought. I mean, yeah, there's not too much. There's not really any plot, really. Um, and the mouse suit is different. I noticed it's not. The Spider-Man suit painted black with yeah. like the webbing. It's like solid black with uh, his red insignia That's on it, which good. I think is interesting. Yeah. Well, it's, it's he's got his proper yeah. suit because yeah, in the last one it was like makeshift. So mm-hmm. it's good that it's good that he's got yeah his own now. It's fun because it, it is interesting he's, in Spider-Verse. There, it's you know it's a different kind of look because he's wearing like the shorts and the hoodie and stuff, and it's just like kind of and a, the sneakers, yeah, and stuff, yeah. everything. But uh, yeah, I think just having a proper Miles suit is also speaking. Fun. Actually, speaking of double dippers in the MCU, we see Spider Man twenty ninety nine played by Oscar oh Isaac, goodness. another double dipper. Wow, look at that! See, this is funny yeah. though because both of them were in Spider Verse before they were in the MCU, so you got to give that's them very true. credit there. Oh, yeah. uh, what do you think about Spider Man twenty ninety nine? Is like big. He's like a he's he, a Hulk. He's a. I didn't realize how fucking brawlic he was. I don't think he looks like, like that he, in. The post credit of Spider Man into the Spider Verse either though. Thank you. I'd have to rewatch that. I mean, I've seen the movie a couple times, but it's been a while since I've watched it again. But uh, yeah, I, he does look very big. Maybe that's like the perspective and like because the way he appears, he's not standing. He's like falling on yeah. to Miles I mean, like, from dynamic. above and yeah. like yeah. So it, I feel like it, it 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 could just be very bulky, but he also could just be like a weird like yeah. perspective thing they have to make it so it looks he's right. Got, like. He's got like claws and stuff. I think there's something an effort to make him appear. I think maybe he's going to appear like kind of antagonistic at first, um, before mm-hmm. they kind of like you know obviously they're going to team up, you know, Spider Man and the Spider Verse man. They, I think uh, I think maybe that's what's going on here partially as well. Is it like at first they make him look a little scarier and like almost like he's a villain before they uh before they team up? And I think I think it's probably going to mm-hmm. be something about like he's going to be he's going to be your Doctor Strange type guy maybe. As in, like, hey, what are you messing with the Spider Verse for? Stop that! Stop that! Stop. I got I got, I got this watch. It's letting me do Spider Verse stuff. Stop using the Spider Verse to to see this no, other girl from another universe. With the Spider Verse. I gotta, I gotta you can't stop to it. You can't have a girl from another universe, man. Just you have a universe. You just your do Spider Verse, and you need to stay there. Don't you be Don't you be going across the Spider Verse? I just can't allow it. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I can't allow it. You went into it and stay in it. Stay you're where you are. It. You're in your You're into your Spider Verse. You need to stay there. Don't go into anyone else's. Don't go across. Don't, go crossing. Don't let anyone into yours. All right, let's not. Do we not? Let's not. All right. We Can killed we the kingpin. He's dead. All right. So no more. No more. Hadron colliders. No one. You're gonna love this. No. no. <laughs> you're gonna love this. No more actual bricks no more of a giant man. Brick walls of men. All right. Yeah, quite frankly, I've had quite enough. I'm from 2099. Pretty good then. I like the Spider Man. That's always fun. Like it's it's you know because nowadays that they've brought Miles back into the 616 universe, he's like. A sidekick to Peter Parker again, but there was a period there in the Ultimate mm-hmm. Universe where he was the, the one and only Spider-Man. only Spider-Man. Um, so that's always fun. And like same with Spider Gwen, we call her that like from an outside perspective just to distinguish her because you gotta come up with a name, um, like editorially mm-hmm. and stuff. But technically in her universe, she's just Spider Woman, which is also fun. So like, that's cool. 
Again, we have to distinguish yeah, them because, I, like, otherwise you wouldn't know what you're talking about. So we just, we say, oh, Miles Morales and Spider Gwen and stuff. But yeah, it's fun that in their universes they are just Spider Man, yeah, Spider Woman. If you, I don't know, uh, this is actually a part one. Oh, yeah, yeah. So there's gonna be two parts of this movie, which I find interesting, and I think they come out real like this movie comes out next October. Yeah. So there's a little late time, and then the next one comes out in 2023. That's good. So I, so I, I mean, I they probably I might do a year apart. It's been a bit of a gap. When was Spider Verse 20? Uh, it would have had to been 28. Yeah, that'd be 2018. So they took a big gap, but something of a gap. So it's nice. Yeah, if they're gonna nice, do it. nice four years. Um, Phil Lord and Chris it, Miller are back to do the. Uh, screenplay, so that's good. Because oh, yeah. they seem to generally be solid. I mean, uh, they did the first one. I mean, so. I mean Spider Spider vs. Clint is hailed to be one of the best superhero yeah, movies ever. I want to talk about I mean, that like, really quick here. So, I do think um, Spider Verse is very good, and I think I do think you can make a solid argument for it being the best Spider Man movie. Um, I think I I will say I have a problem with like. You know, we've talked about this, I think, but people have a people complain about the the uh, MCU Spider Man for not being enough of like a standalone Spider Man, right? Of like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, it's there's too much of a focus on like tying it in with this large universe and this all the Iron Man stuff and whatnot, which I I totally understand and it's fair. But then I don't know why people say that and then can turn to Spider Man in the Spider Verse, a movie that is all about like the multiverse and has like eight Spider Man in it, and be like, oh no, this is fine though. This is the best Spider movie. It's like. That is the least focused sort of Spider-Man story that you can tell. And, like, obviously there is, like, a, a specific Miles story at the heart of that. But still, I don't totally agree mm-hmm. with that, but it's, it's whatever. What I really have a problem with, though, Jack, is the the weird, like, selective memory that, that people seem to be employing, okay. Jack, when it comes mm-hmm. to the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Because apparently at some point, the internet decided that those were the best Spider-Man movies, and that, like... I can't abide the yet. amazing ones, the ones Andrew yes. Garfield, because those are by far I've never even the worst, the worst. So bad I've never well, even seen them. That doesn't that doesn't mean much. Well, th- those two, those two things, are, yeah, those two things aren't connected. But um, it's crazy how many people seem to be flat out arguing that he, that to, uh, Andrew Garfield is the best Peter Parker, and those are the best ones. And like the debate has somehow become like, is it the Amazing Spider-Man or Into the Spider-Verse that's the better movie? What? Jack, if we break it up into the four like franchises, right? Your your Raimi Spider Mans, your Amazing Spider Mans, your MCU Spider Man, and your Spider Verse here, uh, Amazing Spider Man's firmly in last place, Jack. Oh yeah, 100%. So I don't even get where this came from, but I, I it's just incorrect. Yeah, I've seen a bunch of lists like people like ranking all the movies, and people have put like Far From Home and Homecoming like at the bottom, only sunk below Venom. Venom, like they count Venom because obviously. Why? Anyway, I don't know um, why people. I feel like it's just trend. It's just one of those like ah, real fans like the old ones. But come the fuck on, dude. Those movies are obviously like objectively, even though uh, we always. I was trying not to say that, but still, I'm just gonna. The Amazing Spider-Man is, it now. Is, a, is a deeply flawed movie, and it is worse in just about every way that you can measure a film than either of the MCU Spider-Mans. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is, and certainly worse than uh, you know, the Spider-Verse. So. That's all. That's all. Into the Spider Verse is now to say one thing. Into the Spider Verse is the only Spider Man movie to win an Oscar, literal Oscar. So So they can. I don't know. I don't know why there's a debate whether um, the Amazing Spider Man, a movie that was kind of liked, or the movie that won an Oscar, like an a a dumb superhero movie, won an Academy Award. It was animated, so 
it kind of did the animation category, but I mean, an Oscar is an Oscar at the That's end of the right. day. Like, kind of pure I mean, accolades. Amazing Spider-Man 2 is, is terrible. Amazing Spider-Man 1 <laughs> is whatever. But Amazing Spider-Man 2 is, again, it's just flawed. And it's like, there's a lot of reasons for that beyond just like they had a bad script or whatever. Like, there's a lot of studio interference. They were trying to do too many things. It famously had like a, a over three hour cut. There's like entire sequences and and characters and plot lines that were scrapped from the final movie. Like MJ, MJ was supposed to be in that. Like it's got a whole lot going on, and I'm sure a lot of that's like Sony as a studio or whatever. But it's not a good movie, and like people say, like that one even more. They're like, look at him. This is this is the best Peter Parker. Look at the slow motion scene where he uses his webs. Isn't that the best interpretation of Spider Man you've ever seen? No, it's not. That does not make up for everything else. Stop. No, it's like the Chad yeah. meme. No, not at all. But whatever. Um, so ultimately, the the, the Spider Man Across the Spider Verse Part One first look, look in the book. It's certainly in the certainly book. in the book. Now, now, Jack, is it trailer trash or trailer cash? You might be asking. I would say now, trailer cash mm-hmm. because it's got a lot of the animation looks fucking incredible. Look incredible when he's going through the like. When he's when he's when he goes through like all those portals and he falls through that city, yeah, and it's like it's like a weird. I that was great incredible. in the first one. I'm sure it's only going to be better yeah, in this. One. I love the comic book yeah, style they do. Exciting. I was initially gonna because it's you know we just do this for jokes. I was gonna say it's trailer ca- uh, trash because it doesn't have the Post Malone song in it, but they post the Post Malone song <laughs> in it. So oh, there you go. They, they beat me at my I... own game. So <laughs> it's trailer trash because they didn't put the. XXX Tentacion song in it. So, oh, yeah, no, there you go. I don't know what they were thinking, but rip my man. <laughs> Clearly, that's the legend, right? Uh, I would say it's trailer trash because uh, no Spider Man. No First time, Melanie Spider Man. No, he's canceled now, Jack. There were all the, all the, uh, the, the oh, white women who once adored him have, have turned on him just as quickly because he divorced his wife and got a different woman mm-hmm. pregnant because. God damn, really? With their lives. I mean, I guess. Not my business. Are you care? What are you bothering, yeah, Jack? You one of those I just was surprised. I mean, he famously always talks about he doesn't want kids. It's just like a weird thing. Yeah. It's just like a strange thing to hear. But whatever, man. I again I doesn't affect me literally no. at all. It's not really, really cancels, but I'm just joking. But yeah. All right. Just a bunch. Let's do attack attack out. Let's do the season fifteen premiere of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh yeah, baby. Episode one, 2020 year in review, and episode two, the gang makes lethal weapon seven. Ultimately, fucking great right episodes. Off the bat, I would agree totally. Just, just delightful, sunny episodes. Absolutely, this feels very much like it's always sunny Philadelphia. You know, anyone who mm-hmm. uh, we said it a lot when we did our little recap of all the seasons to get ready for this, but yeah, I, I think people who argue that like oh, Sunny fell off, I think they're just not paying attention. I think it's good as it's pretty much as good as oh, it yeah, ever and was. It, just yeah, I totally agree. Um, out of the two, I think out of the two, I think I like the 2020 in review better because of the fact that um, it was very like very in line with a lot of the things that gang does, where they inadvertently cause a lot of problems, like more problems than they mean to. Yeah, I will say like I think they both do a pretty good job of that. Um, I here's the thing, I do definitely have some problems with these episodes, but. I think ultimately they are both funny and good. So yeah. okay, so let's just go episode by episode. So twenty twenty review, um, they're definitely funny and like yeah, 
doing the little breakdown of the businesses and having having the little groups is always fun. So like, you know, Mac and Dennis off on their thing, Charlie and D, and then Frank as well. And so the big complaint I would say I have with this episode is that for an episode called 2020 in Review, that was they were presenting very much in the episode. There's even that line at the end where the guy's like, oh, you were part of the, all the major events of last year? Only focused entirely on and it's, only, the it's mostly the back half. Like, or called twenty. Like, I'm here for the PPE funding. Yeah, but like I, I do. I wish more. I do see what you mean, but I think they picked. I think there's a very intentional why they picked certain things. I think they picked things that could still that could remain as lighthearted as possible. Because I feel like I feel like maybe they felt that if they like touched on certain parts of COVID and like they're responsible for certain negative things with COVID. I think that like, that might be kind of like going too far. Like they're doing nefarious things in a sense, because like, yeah, because like with COVID, like what could they really do? That would be like something impactful, but also still like lighthearted enough. That didn't matter. Like all the election stuff. I mean, clearly the sunny cast are liberal. So to them, like it turned out. Okay. Like it turned out the way they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm, this is not a political yeah. show. It's as much as I'm going to say about that. Cause whatever, um, whatever it's, it's their yeah. own. So like the Capitol riots, I mean, obviously I think if those end, ultimately ended positively, like it happened, they were stopped, whatever. So, and then you can look back at oh, those guys were yeah. really dumb and it's funny to look back on. I think if it had ended differently, like if any of the events had gone differently, like they would have picked different ones. So I think it's just like where the most comedy is, but I do see like, it's kind of disingenuous like, to say a year in review when there were like very big yeah. things that could have been talked about again, especially when you, they literally put in the line where the guy says, you guys were part of every major event in 2020. And it's like, are, really? Those three were, yeah. that, were it's like <laughs> everything. What, have, what, what about, what about know. in June when um, that, uh, George Floyd was killed? I'm like that one. You can't really spin positive. Yeah. Though. I get what you mean. Like, yeah, I guess you just can't make it funny in the way they wanted. But yeah, to have a year where we had, yeah, all those, all those protests and everything, which was, yeah, very significant for like two months. Um, And obviously, yeah, just COVID generally, that's like Mm -hmm. last year was at its, well, if not like literally at its height, uh, (laughs) numbers wise, at least public consciousness wise, Mm -hmm. right? And then, yeah, and then also the election, but to have all all those that you could kind of do, and they just kind of really just focused on election and then, like, the ancillary stuff to that, it just felt a little, I just was like, I was kind of hoping they would branch out a little bit, but ultimately what they did do was funny. And I guess they were, again, they weren't all just, like, directly the election, they were, they were kind of like the ancillary things, because it was, you know, Mac and Dennis were directly, like, <laughs> doing the whole messing up the ballots, and then, uh. Frank was the was Giuliani's hair, which is and good. Then, and then were the the riots. That yeah, the Capitol riots afterwards. So uh, you know, they they did spread it, it out was, more or less. But yeah. that'd be my only complaint. I do think that it was funny though. Yeah, all those. I will say though, I'm kind of seeing them. Uh, uh you, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, but I think that uh, it kind of like starts out kind of weakly. I think Mac and Dennis's. Is kind of weak. Like I don't. I wasn't a huge fan of their plot line. And then Frank's was like middle of the road. And then I think obviously I think the saving Dean Charlie for last, who was which was the funniest one, and like had the most like humor in it. I think was a good choice. Like they kind of like ramped it up more and more, which may have been intentional. So I think that's like a, a drawback from the episode mm-hmm. is that it, they're not all winners because like 
why are Mac and why is Dennis doing Mac's scheme? Like that, what I thought was weird. Like I didn't expect, like arguing about Rocky Balboa versus that other guy. I don't even remember his name. Would make sense for like a Mac and Charlie thing, but to have Dennis involved and even up to like sing, it seemed like not a Dennis thing to do. It seemed weird to me. I kind of get what you mean. Like it was mostly Mac ideas. Why would Dennis mm-hmm. even go along with it? But yeah, ultimately it was, it was still funny. I guess I don't know. I didn't mind too much. They have done the music thing kind of in the past. And I think almost anything that Dennis does, you can attribute just to his massive uh, mm-hmm. like ego, like his narcissism. So maybe it was just, it wouldn't surprise me if he would do music just, just on the off chance that he could be pop star. Sort of, uh, yeah. yeah I, sort of I, but one star. thing I did think was funny was when uh, Charlie and D do like TikToks, when they just do like a TikTok thing. That, that, that was yeah. very funny that yeah, they that uh, did that. And then I, I will think the episode really comes together. Um, when they just say they all voted for Kanye West, that was that was that was very funny. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you knew it had to. Be yeah, that's what I was thinking because I was like, they're not gonna like Sonny's not the type of show to be like, man, Trump or Biden, like they're not they're not gonna do that. And they keep saying our guy, so I'm like, no. it's gonna be they're gonna it's yeah, gonna be yeah. someone who isn't obviously the two head the Democrat <laughs> Republican candidates. So who could it be? Yeah. And I didn't even think about Kanye until they said it. Like Kanye West, Kanye, of course it's him. Kanye West. What are you, what are you talking He's a about? Performer. Trump. Trump. What are you... <laughs> yeah, because they keep going like they haven't seen our guy on stage. <laughs> it's literally like Kanye West just performing. Yeah. I guess I did. Like, I did really like at the end when they like um, photosh like kind of edit them D and Charlie into the Capitol riots in Kanye twenty twenty yeah. shirts. <laughs> yeah, and they play. They're just playing gold digger. <laughs> I will say that all three of them, it was fun. The, the kind of payoff where like you, you saw it slowly unfold how their, um, their little, their respective schemes affected it. Cause you can kind of see it coming. Right. So it's like Dennis and, and Mac outside of a polling place with a box. that says your vote here. <laughs> You're like, all right, that's, I see where that's going. And then yeah, the Frank between the hair dye guy, I was like, Oh, okay. I, I see. I see what this is getting at. They're making, and then, yeah, obviously his pals. And I like when uh, Charlie's wearing like they made a sweatshop again. My friend noted that he's like, that's like the third time that D and Charlie have just had been in a sweatshop. <laughs> yeah, a sweatshop. Uh, just a classic being mean to D. He's like, my pals, my you, pals, you bitch. And she's like, what, what pals? What are you talking about? He's like, God damn it. D. Hey, and then, but he's like, and Dennis is better at it. And then Dennis from across the bar is like, ah, D's a bitch. <laughs> Good stuff. Poor I like that Charlie just wears two pairs of glasses, like one low on his eyes and one against his eyes. Like, what is who? What is that for, Charlie? Yeah. It's not gonna magnify your vision. Very good. All right, and then into uh, the gang makes lethal weapon seven. No. So this is this is fun. Right, I was gonna probably say the exact same thing. You were this interesting thing because you've seen uh, the game makes lethal weapon five and six, and before they were taken uh-huh. off of Hulu, I have not seen either of those episodes, and I mean. So um, a lot of people probably haven't. So it's so I don't have a lot of context in a sense. It's pretty funny that they do address that in the episode, though. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? Like that's that's pretty good. I guess that that was kind of fun. At the same time, though, I wanted it kind of maybe want gave me a little bit of pause because I was like, all right, if we can just kind of make lighthearted like jokes about it, surely we can just surely we can just have the episodes, right? Like, yeah. Come on. Especially now really? that they have an episode being like that wasn't great that we did that. Right, but here's the thing. We've talked about this. I don't know if I've mentioned it. I don't, no, I don't think we have, but we've definitely talked about this off-show in person when we're discussing It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. The whole point is that they're awful. 
And like you mentioned earlier, the cast of It's Always Sunny, in, in, in this, obviously in the case of Always Sunny, the cast are the writers mm-hmm. and everything, right? They they clearly are like le- have like more of a left slant, right? I mean, they're they're like Hollywood people, right? It's kind of what you know, right, kind of yeah. the score, right? And so their perspective is never one of like, yeah, this stuff is good. These are these are characters who have desirable like traits and good opinions. The point, the joke of every single episode ever, just just about, is that it's either one of two things: it's the gang are like dumb, ignorant morons, and that's why they fail. On the rare occasion, it's the gang drags somebody else down to their level and beats them with experience. Yeah. <laughs> but it's never the gang like triumphs, right? That that's never the best they can hope for is to like embarrass somebody else even worse than they embarrass mm-hmm. themselves. <laughs> and so this idea that like the episode where they did blackface was ever at any point anything other than look at how awful and ignorant these people are is kind of stupid. So, like, the fact that they can address that in this episode, and like you said, obviously, in the, they're like, it was bad. Because, of course, it was bad. We knew it was yeah, bad all think, along, right? I've seen clips they, of, like, in the episode itself, D. Mac, D Dennis, Mac, and Frank all talk about that. And Dennis is like, I don't, Mac, I don't think you should be doing blackface. I don't, why, like, why are you yeah, doing it? Even in the, because they have this whole thing, this episode of, like, we, in the past year, we've learned. But, yeah, even in those episodes, they're like, this is far even from yeah. us. Like, so it's silly. I don't know. I personally just, it, but it's it, whatever. So this episode, it's not quite the same. Um, in those other two, again, you're not seeing him. So let me, let me do some uh, explaining for you here. In those episodes, you actually see like a pretty full fleshed out version of the the movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas I was seeing this one, they're like just getting started. And, you know, which is fun because I think, I, I think that makes sense. Right. Like you wouldn't want to do the same thing for a third time in a row. So having this be like the making of and like they don't really ever make it past the first episode is or the first scene is pretty funny. Yeah, I, right? I definitely agree. That. We don't get like a proper quote unquote plot with multiple scenes and stuff, but I think it's it's just as good. Because cons- again, you don't no. want to do that. And either. I do I do really like um, the twist because this have obviously before, up until like they all go in the bathroom and Dennis does like his big twist. Yes. I was like, this episode's kind of it's not great and maybe that i was i, I was like maybe it's because totally like, makes it on the context but i'm like there's so like uh, well no i'm just gonna yeah. say something no, no, you off real quick. so yeah it's definitely not that because i was thinking the exact same thing right and i saw some people actually on i think it was on the always sunny philadelphia subreddit i was on um prior to actually watching these and they were complaining that these it was a little too like politically correct right and i was like all right that's interesting it doesn't sound like it's yeah. always sunny right and then I will say, first couple, yeah, I, I totally agree. Right, basically, right up till that bathroom scene, I kind of saw their come from. I was like, yeah, this is kind of, this is pretty much that. Like they're very, these, they're being very politically correct, which is obviously not a bad thing in real life. But in it's always sunny, that kind of is the, difficult to the yeah. whole point, right? The whole point is that they're awful people who are never that. They're never politically correct. They're just or when they awful. think they are. So, they're actually like yeah. horribly misguided. So my thing was like, right, right. So my thing was like, why? Yeah, why is suddenly the gang making an effort to be correct? Like fifteen years in, right? Um, mm-hmm. It seemed it did seem to me. I was like, well, they've always kind of done it, sort of like like the way we just described, kind of like like low key with with their messages, right? It was never like Dennis 
and and the gang saying out loud like this is how you be a good politically correct person we don't want to be racist guys no the the mm-hmm. messages of the episodes were always look at what they're doing and do the opposite yeah, don't do <laughs> right? what they're doing at all they're dumb ignorant people and they think they're right and they're not doing anything wrong but they're doing things wrong yeah. don't do that and again their 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 characters obviously do not reflect their actors at all that's fine right that's that's obviously so for this one i was like why are they just suddenly being like i, I did kind of see where people come from like why are they suddenly just being politically correct sort of like good people in this one so then when that other shoe dropped i thought that was oh yeah funny. that was a, like a classic dennis moment and i think see like this is where i think the the lines almost get a little gray for me because i'm like is that something the sunny people believe like do they actually i think there is probably something out of like even though they are definitely left-leaning kind of people, I think it's similar to like South Park, right? The guys who make South Park, Matt Stone, Trey Parker, they are definitely like left-leaning. There's no doubt about that. But they also can make fun of both sides, right? And I think there is something yeah. to that of like, yes, overall, they obviously all believe in this kind of stuff, but they can still poke fun at the young people who are like very performative and and over the top with their sort of wokeness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was good. I don't know, like that whole, uh, yeah, the whole Dennis sequence is great. It was very funny seeing it, you know, seeing it all come together. I'm like, ah, so they're not actually good people at all. Dennis <laughs> just wants to have sex with twenty year olds. Dennis is just being a gross pervert again. It's just this all makes sense. It all it's all coming together. And he's again. like, we got all we're, guys. He's like, we're gonna have to have sex with old people if we don't get this up. And they're all like, oh, I don't want to do that. Which is funny because yeah, when, what he means by that is old. people their age. <laughs> yeah. Like so yeah. a people who would be appropriate for them to have, like, no, I mean, it's not inappropriate, but like it'd be more, yeah, perfectly acceptable, easier, perfectly, perfectly normal to yeah. have relationships with people your own age. But no, then this is a weird, gross weirdo. So, yeah. and like, this, it's so funny too, like, because we've talked about this, like, Dennis is not as smart as he thinks he is. And that scene is very funny, like, because he's not actually like this master manipulator, like, suave dude who can really get anything he done, wants done, right? Really, it's just trial and error. <laughs> yeah, he just he's, he's like, I kept having to do it, and then I finally figured it out. Like, like eventually, he slammed his head against the wall enough times that he broke exactly. a hole through. He's like, I did it, guys. I did it in one hit. He's trying to be this his suave, pull his moves on her, and and they're just not working because he's gross and weird. And then, yeah, he just he, just the the scene where he's just repeating exactly what she says back to her, and that that's what works. Very good stuff. And. Then the, the classic Dennis has sex scene where it's really close on his body, <laughs> really up on his face, and he's all sweaty and weird. far too close to him. And then, like the secondary, the like the kind of second twist is that, as always, it backfires on them because they were very obvious in their over-the-top wokeness. Right? They were yeah. because they were trying to be performative for the sake of people who were already being like, they were already making fun of for being over the top and performative in their politics. Right. They just made, they just were like cartoonish. Right. In, mm-hmm. in what they're going for. And so then when the guy at the end presents it and he's like, this is a, a perfect storm of wokeness and racism. So I'm like, this is just right <laughs> on top of each other. Yeah. Just, just a perfect harmony of those two things. There's white, white saviors. saviors. And then, and then in the crowd, they're like, well, I feel like I was misrepresented. Like they're <laughs> why are like we, they do all the... why are we letting him tell our story? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I I think at the end they kind of uh, really bring it oh, back absolutely. together. And, they, and I love the end when they're like, you know what we got to do? 
Make Lethal Weapon 8. Yep. Yeah, the payoff at the end definitely <laughs> saved it for me. Because, yeah, I was going to say, but, like, the jokes just weren't really landing for me. And, yeah, it's okay. D's bad at acting. And and uh, I did, I actually, I will say, I enjoyed the return of, um, oh, gosh, what's the name now? Pepper, Pepper Jack. Jack. Yeah, the return of Pepper Jack. I didn't Very realize, good. I didn't realize he was returning until he had the, the Fraggle Rock thermos. I was like, oh, that's Pepper Jack. Oh, really? Because when he said Pepper <laughs> Jack, and then Dennis was all like, what? I was, I was like, oh. The return of Pepper. Well, because he's a pimp and everything, you know they. they right, yeah, I remember that. I did like the line very much where um, Dennis is like, you know, the fact that all the black people we know are 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 of the of the streets and the the gutters. <laughs> he's like, if anything, that says more about. Yeah, <laughs> it says it more about our character than uh, their character because we seek them out. It's like, yeah, maybe. I was. I thought for uh, sure when they were like, we need a we need a a black person to come do this. They were just gonna get like. Um, Oh gosh, what's the name? The guy who lives under the bridge. That oh, they, uh, uh, Zeke or yeah, something. Like yeah, Z yeah, or... Z. I thought they were gonna get him, or maybe even just old black man, <laughs> or just old man. <laughs> um, but yeah, good stuff. Oh, it like, is, it is when they when they bring in Artemis. Oh yeah, and they're like, "Are you Omar?" And she's like, "Yeah, I'm a a Persian," and she's like, "So I want to be the director." And Max's like, "What well, assistant director?" So it again, it's time from the. They're not really doing. They're just doing this just to like check boxes. Yeah, like they're not. They're not doing it for any. No, they're not really being noble. No. Again, like at yeah. the end, like with with quote unquote Don Cheadle says, <laughs> they're all just being white saviors. Exactly, it's very bad. So I thought because yeah, I like I said the first half, I'm just like, what? Where are they going with this? Like, it, it's not again. The jokes weren't really that funny, and it's the classic like, ah, D's not good at acting, and we all hate her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. blah blah. blah. Again, Pepper Jack was fun, but like other than that, I was like, I did think it was it was kind of funny because just to how unexpected it was when that guy comes in and he just is good at acting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, ultimately I was like, ah. and then the fact that it is just, of course, as always, they're just trying to enrich themselves in some way, and they're just selfish, horrible people as always. And the second it it is no longer benefiting them, they just, yeah, they just don't jump care. ship. They're like, uh, whatever, I don't care. Classic stuff. Absolute turn to four for the gang. So yeah, I I thought these two episodes were great. Excited for the rest of the season here. It is unfortunately kind of diminished, but uh, you know, is what it is. We'll look forward yeah. to it. Um, I guess I don't really have too much more to say again because it's just it's just like sitcom episodes. Yeah, um, it is a little disappointing that it's been almost two years. Like we didn't have obviously anything last year, and they waited till almost the very end of this year to put something out. There's only eight, but it is mm-hmm. what it is. Hopefully, hopefully next year they'll just be on back on track, so we just have you know return to a season a year kind of kind of schedule. Because I mean, they have they're what. Or signed for another, another handful up to eighteen. So another three more after this. There you go. So yeah, yeah I think we can probably Akatech out of that into the Wheel of Time episode four. So we're halfway through the Wheel of Time season. So what do we think? I think this one is also like last week, better than the first three, which I think we'll return to a lot. Um, but I'm gonna start off before we even get into the the uh the episode. Actually, what happens in the episode, the plot lines that are going on here. I want to talk about something that Zach and I talked about off pod uh, is that when I was watching this episode on Friday, I had a thought that this could have been a different show. If this wasn't wheel of time, this would have been a good fantasy show, like kind of straight up, but because it's wheel of time, they're fucking it up. Like, I don't like, it's a weird hodgepodge of like being its own unique thing and trying to also be wheel of time. And I'm, it's just really bring it down for me. Like, I don't, I don't know how to feel about it. Yeah, I I don't know. This episode, despite is it it's one of the longer ones. It's back up to like past an hour in, in total runtime there. Um 
it spent a disproportionate amount of time on a character who uh, just just to be you know perfectly truthful here is kind of pointless in the grand scheme of things i i don't really get that choice and like like you said it's it's this is definitely maybe the biggest departure yet from the book like they've really kind of split off because the, you know there's all the minor things but like the general plot was going pretty much along the same path that it does in book one of the wheel of time mm-hmm. and then now it's it's definitely a big departure as far as like where they're going and what they're doing and so between that and then again yeah i, I don't know why we spent so much time on um i guess stefan is his name there so i looked it up jack because you and i being a past book five now um, we have not encountered that character yet. And I thought maybe, is it just me? Like uh, maybe, you know, there's like something like 2000 plus named characters in the wheel of time. Uh, maybe he just slipped under the radar for, for me. Right. And I just don't remember, but no, right. he has not appeared yet because him and his ward or he and his, uh, his, I said either, they both appear in new spring and never again. Uh, so that is why we don't know him. And he is not at all in the actual book of eye of the world. And so this like disproportionate amount of time spent on him. And I understand that like this is a in a roundabout way, this is development for Lan and Moraine, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. we're meant to understand, you know, th- that's what's going on here, right? Is by doing this this plot and this stuff, this development around the two of them, it is indirectly about Lan and Moraine because it's a border I said I relationship, right? Yeah. So I get all that, but like it just felt too much. Like he seemed to get more time than anyone else this episode. And it's like we have we have stuff that is moving. Like I, I want us to be seeing our actual characters that we care about. Right, right yeah. So I don't know. Um we did I, I think well, go ahead. I, no, I was just gonna say it and then he just ends up killing himself. Like well, he yeah, just exactly the ultimate doesn't matter. Like he's gone now. I mean I guess that's important to be like, well, you know, like you said, if if this happens to Moraine, then land will probably just go off the deep end. Yeah, it's. A... But it just it kind. Of, it, I think it kind of just leans into the weird, like not book characterization of land. Yeah. Like, because in the in the, I mean, I guess maybe they'll address it later in the show. But in the books, Moraine like plans for that. Like she accounts for that. She's like, if I die, you're gonna. This is this is what's gonna happen. Like you're not gonna like try to save like revenge, like kill yourself or avenge my death. Not none of that nonsense. You're gonna. You know, you're more useful yeah. alive, so go do something else. And I guess they're very much setting that up, right? Because she kind of said, they literally address that because Moraine's like, what happens? Like, and then that other asset I tells her, like, no, there's a way you can, I've heard that you can pass on the bond. So, like, that, yeah, they're clearly very much um, kind of building to that. It does feel a little early because that's not really a plot point until book really four, four three or yeah. four, really. Um, so I don't, I don't know about all that, but. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe is it in book two? Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I think about it, but whatever. The point is, it's a little early still for that to come up. Um. So, but yeah, that's clearly what they're going for. It's all about that. But again, it feels I and maybe this is just like indicative of what the show is trying to do because I've heard it described a lot, and, and a lot of the marketing and whatnot did seem to kind of set up Moraine as the main character of this show. And mm. it's kind of an interesting choice. I, I kind of get it from a, from a certain perspective. In the first book or so, she is like the driving force, right? She's like the the mentor and the, I mean, literally like the in the books, especially she's like the adult, right? Like she has yeah. a lot of authority over what the characters are, where they're going and what they're doing and stuff. So I kind of get that. Um, and so from that perspective, if you do look at the show through the lens of 
Moraine is the main character of this show. Obviously, it makes sense to dedicate a good amount of time to her and Lan and, and their characters and what they're up to. But I'm just sitting here thinking, like, this, it feels a little early to be doing all this. We should be spending time establishing our actual, like, characters. Like, the young people that we took from Evans Field there. So, mm-hmm. I really don't know. I'm kind of too minded about it. And we do get good development, a lot of movement, I guess, in most of those characters' plots. So, you know, that's good. But. Yeah. I, it's just uh, strange. Uh, that uh, One other thing that really stands out to me uh, is that Rand is in Tarvalon. Yeah, so they which skipped does, right to which does not happen. No, actually, that's a good point. Um, it kind never of a spoiler, happens. It is, yeah, but where we are at right now, Rand has never been to Tarvalon. With, with um, good reason. Was, he... Yeah. But in, yeah, so they just skip it. Basically, in the book, they all meet at Camelin, like, which is well before you would get to Tarvalon. Mm-hmm. It's like um, between the two. It's between, well, it's literally between the two places. Yeah. Like, yeah. In the book, they're trying to get there, but they never actually do because mm-hmm. a, a number of other things occur. Uh, well, at least some characters don't like, and some characters yeah. do, and and I'm sure that will happen in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had to guess, from what we see in trailers and stuff, I do think that they're still going to move along on um, the plot for Eye of the World. But uh, yeah, it definitely throws some things into into question. So like the dagger that Matt's got there, right? Because they're in Tarvalon, I, I don't know. Like they could just, they heal, could just him. heal him there as soon as they kind of reveal that and they they figure it out. They could heal him and then and then safely like stow away the dagger, which if they don't will be kind of like a weird like weird contrivance. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if they don't, it also will be weird because that's like a, a big plot point of the next book is that that dagger does get taken and it's like a it's like a thing they it's need a to race against the clock to get yeah it because back. it's it's responsible for his deteriorating health there. So I don't know either way they do it's going to be kind of odd. Yeah, I guess. And, like, another thing I find weird is that they are really taking their time. Like, they really don't want you to think it's Rand. Like, mm-hmm. I guess, I mean, we talked about it last episode. And I guess we're not we're not very good at hiding what we know. Maybe we should be better about it, but we're never going to be. So I think we should probably stop pretending we are. Yeah. It's because Rand is the dragon. Like, we know he is, and that's the whole point. But they are really, like, going out of their way at this point. Except for Loyal, he's the only, like, except for the mentions of the Aiel and the fact that Rand has seen the Dragon Mount, which, is it supposed to be that close to Tarvalon? I don't think it is. Yeah. Uh, is it supposed to be that close? I think it's on, like, I think, well, I mean, it's a pretty good mount. It might be perspective Tar- thing. Tarvalon's an island. That is also so. true. Like, 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 it's very, like, they're very clearly, like, wanting you to, like, look at everyone but Rand. Like, he's like, don't look at him. He's not, don't, hey, don't worry about it. It's not Rand. It couldn't possibly be Rand. Even now, like I said last episode, how they they did nothing for Perrin. This episode, they do Perrin. They do wolf magic. Do like the wolf waited magic for. Only. Which is, I don't. That's weird. It's weird, but it's whatever. They do it, so I'm happy they did it. Uh, but like everybody, like Nynaeve and Matt, even Matt, like Loghain looks at Matt, and yeah. it's like it's heavily implied. Which I wish they didn't zoom in on Matt. That's I guess it's from his perspective. But like I wish they'd done that differently because. I think if you didn't watch the show, like I, someone, some video I was watching, I think it was a Daniel Green video, he reviewing it. Somebody in the comments who hadn't read the books, like said, I don't think it's like he thinks like they're not they're not setting up Rand, but I think it'll just turn out to be him because they're just not like it's weird that he's not being yeah, set yeah. up at this point. They're yeah, I, I have this, I've had the same thought. Is like it's almost like a uh, 
what would be the word? I don't know. Like a red Reverse herring. psychology? Yeah. Sort of, yeah. Red hair. Like yeah, red herring. Kind of I red think herring. red herring's like, better. They're going, you're right. They're going so far out of the way to not set up evidence for Rand that like everyone else is going to, oh, could be Matt because he's acting weird. It could be, you know, and he's really good at channeling. You know? Channeling. Aaron's got his and weird Gwen's also. Or Gwen's real good. And so it's like they're almost ignoring Matt, uh, Rand so much that it, yeah, you don't want to circle back and be like, well, one of these things is not like the others. Mm-hmm. They're kind of uh, like, yeah, obviously ignoring Rand at this point. It's probably him. Yeah. I guess that, that's something to talk about, though. What do you, what do you think of the introduction? Of uh, I thought it's accurate. Oh, uh, I didn't accurate think it was particularly as a, accurate. I mean, I don't, it's not well, terrible. I was, I, I think, I think accurate in so far as the way he talks and what he says, like how he like talks for a long time and people just like talk over him and leave and he just keeps talking. I think it's interesting. I do think, I feel like there are like two other, there are out of the two scenes we get with loyal when he meets Rand and when he finds the Neve, I feel like they cut two other scenes of loyal that we needed. Like, Rand never tells Loyal about Neneve at all. Mm-hmm. He doesn't describe her, doesn't say her name, doesn't say he's waiting for a woman with a braid from the two rivers. Like I thought I thought the implication there was that he thought that he had retrieved um Egwene. That Rand had described Egwene to him. And oh, they because okay. they are similar in appearance and are both have the braid and are both from Memon's field, that he found her mistakenly thinking that was um Egwene. That's Egwene. what I took from that. Oh, but you could you know, be right. That... I could kind of see it going both ways. It's not super clear. And like just yeah, I think for me, um Loyal's maybe a bit too like energetic almost, I guess if that makes sense. Um he still it just strikes he's always struck me as a little more reserved in the book. And like mm-hmm. he's definitely more quiet and like it's kind of this um it's a similar thing with Perrin, right? Like because Loyal is like such a big lumbering guy and like well like a not even a guy like because he's this this other kind of race of of these towering figures and he's like I mean that's something I guess to say he's not nearly as large as he should be right because in no. in the books Rand is like you know incredibly tall six he's like six five or something ridiculous and then Loyal is like a head taller than him he's like over seven feet tall or something but that's you know. Obviously, for live action with actors, and you're gonna have those limitations, but it's whatever. But because of that, he he has this like slow way of speaking, and it's kind of like that, that's kind of the point of the the old gears as like a a race, like within the mm-hmm. in the world, right? Is that like they're they are kind of like slow moving. It's you know it's sort of contradict. They're kind of contradictory in that way, right? Mm-hmm. Because you expect them, it you know that's like the theme of them, right? Is that you expect them to be these big oafs and and like quick to violence and, and anger and like these big brutes but really they're like they're pacifist and pacifist and, yeah. and loyal like reading and they're like famous throughout the world for their their like craftsmanship mm-hmm. right and there's that like little quote they always repeat of like they're like slow to anger or whatever but like they make um is it like you know like it's like slow to anger quick to fury or something something yeah. that like and like the, the whole thing like, like they're they're good friends and like basically if you do get them riled up to the point where they're violent they're like fearsome enemies because they are i mean if they want if they're so des- desire they are like huge and and powerful, oh here here so. is i found it i looked it up just now it says to anger the ogier and bring mountains down upon your head yeah there you go so yeah loyal and i that was that was my only thing is that in the con or the book loyal is a little more sort of like chill and 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 
thoughtful because he is so conscious of how people perceive him, like humans, obviously. Whereas in this one, he's just a little more like he talks very fast and he really kind of really kind of jittery and, and stuff almost. And he's like, oh, come on, we're doing this and that. And uh, well, I'll go with you and I'll do this. And well, I just I took the liberty of just going down to Tarvalon and finding her. <laughs> yeah, him, so. and I was playing games up in like a stones or whatever. Yeah, I, I, I just see your point on that. It, it's also the prosthetics, the lip they put on them. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. Um, Basically, just the best way to sum it up is that in this, he literally like takes the initiative to go down to the White Tower and and find Nynaeve, right, and bring her out. In the book, Rand cannot convince him to leave because he's so content to just sit in the library and read because he doesn't want to scare anybody and and he doesn't want to go through that again. Like that's yeah. kind of the the, the economy we're working with here, I guess. But ultimately, he's uh, he's fine. What else to talk about? I covered Baron. Yeah, we, Baron we, we stuff. Touch on the wolf stuff. So that, that uh, finally I, came to a head. Yeah, I thought in the I thought it was interesting. I like like when they first when they first cut to Baron with the Tuathawan. I was got something to say about them. Like he's talking and like being a person, and I was like, man, this is like cool because Perrin's like joking with this guy and they're friends, and he's being a real person, not like. Oh, I killed my wife. Oh, mm-hmm. oh how could I have done this? Uh, and then the white cloaks show up, and obviously they do the white cloak thing where it's like, hmm, you might be evil. But then the Tuathamon just make a wall, which is not what they do uh, at all. I... They should, which is like against what the woman said last episode, like in direct contrast. I mean, they're not like doing any, they're not taking any like action, I guess. I, I think that that seemed fine to me. Oh, uh, because well, it um, doesn't seem very leaf like though. They always talk about how, no. like, they run I mean, when they can. You're right. They really should just, like, straight up do nothing if they're leaves. Leaves don't make walls, do they? No. Yeah, I don't know. We talked about it last episode. Like, the the Tuathwan are interesting to me. I don't know. They're interesting as, like, a uh, sort of a Fancy foil. culture. Yeah, as, like, a culture and, like, a foil to Perrin's worldview and, like, to, to make him question it. But, again, I, I think they're ultimately wrong. I, you just can't convince me otherwise, right? Like, I think Perrin's mm-hmm. got the right idea when he's like, no, like, you can't allowing people to hurt you is not gonna fix anything right yeah, we're talking yeah. about it, especially in a fantasy world like in in the re- i said this last week in in like the real world where there's actual like shades of gray to this kind of shit it's one thing but in a fantasy fictional world where you can definitively say these guys are evil you know these guys are like and, are like just dark friends and, and and there's like monsters and there's all this like and this evil satan all- bound in like a wasteland in yeah. the north like and these guys are clearly crazy, and they just kill I said I, which that's that's something to mention. Like in this, the the children of the light seem like the only thing we've really seen them about so far is just re- or maybe Killing it's just I that guy I. in particular. But yeah, he's very much about just like murdering I said I, which is more outwardly antagonistic than they are in the books because they know that Tarvalon is very powerful and. Like, we haven't really seen, like, any whiff of this yet in the show, but they have their own army and also, like, obviously thousands of women who can channel. So they're, they're like, and, and the whole thing of, you know, they control the world indirectly and, and they pull the strings of all the, the governments across the world. They're pretty dangerous enemies to have. So, like, they're not as right. outwardly antagonistic as they are in this, which is... Yeah, like that guy literally having rings on his belt that's like trophies. Yeah, like you think that would cause problems. And like he just he he kidnaps them. He kidnaps Egwene on the suspicion of her channeling and just is gonna execute her. Like, is that a thing he can do? Yeah, like, even though she's like not shown a channel, she's just like with the Tuathawan near Tarvalon, like why would they assume that 
it's 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 kind of weird, but it's just I guess it's just he's a villain, so I guess him being a bad yeah. guy isn't that big I mean, of a deal. Yeah, it is what it is, actually. But yeah, the wolf stuff comes to a bit of a head. That is, this is kind of how basically they just kind of skipped a step in the in the book. They leave the Tuathawan on their own, and then they're taken by the Children of the Light. So they just kind of skip that part of like them wandering in the middle, which yeah, and them running fine. away and like almost escaping again to the. I think they get to the steading or the. It's like a the safe place. That's like a different, yeah, because they're running from the. Oh ravens. right, they're running from the ravens. That's right. Um, and we talked about, I think we mentioned it, but there's that other guy who just hasn't showed up yet. Um, who helps pair with the wolves? I don't know what that's about because they really are going so slow with this wolf stuff. In the book, yeah. it, the guy's just just like, "Hey, Perrin, your wolf." And then for the rest of the book, he's just just like kind of delving into it, but he's barely even touched it yet. Like he hasn't spoken to them, or, or whatever, talked to them, whatever you'd call it. Yeah, communed with and the it, wolves. Interesting. It also seems like he can turn it on and off, like he's going fucking Super Saiyan. Because like when he's when he's being tortured, his eyes flash gold mm-hmm. and they go back to normal. But in the books, like once he talks to the wolves, his eyes turn gold forever. Like, yeah, his eyes are irreparably golden, mm-hmm. and that's a th- and that's a thing that in throughout the books people notice and are like, "What's with your uh, eyes, dude?" That's, yeah, it's, like, it's a noticeable thing. And people who yeah. are in the know know what it means, obviously, and. But even people who don't are like, well, that's weird. Why they shouldn't? I know I shouldn't look like that. You got something going on, like. So yeah, I I don't know. I guess I see that place. That could easily just be like a. Well, we didn't feel like CGIing his eyes every scene or giving him Mm -hmm. weird yellow contacts or whatever. So I I guess it could just be as simple as that. But like, I kind of agree. I'd like it a little better if it just was. And maybe it's just jarring. I don't know. It's easy to read about in a book. Maybe if we had to watch a guy with bright yellow eyes forever we'd just be like oh this looks weird just, just make him yeah. normal most we're not comfortable <laughs> give him normalized and he just turns it on what he wants to yeah i, I don't think that's a crazy change just no. money and like actually seeing reading something and being like he has golden eyes but being like oh, okay yeah but actually seeing it all the time and like well that's very distracting <laughs> yeah so i i guess I, I i don't mind too terribly um again i do wish they moved a little more forward on that because there's just we there's really just hints so far Whereas at this point in the book, he's he's really kind of like started to talk to them and commune with them, and he, he's really kind of in tune with it. And the wolves save them, obviously, which is kind of correct. That's what happens, right? The wolves attack the camp, and that's how they're able to escape. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Even though, again, he doesn't really like talk to them at all or, or like work that out other than just kind of coincidence. He's like, oh, they're fine. They're not going to kill us. Let's go. Let's get these horses. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. when- and also in that scene in the book, the, you know, like Lan and Moraine are there to save them, where this in the the show here they've really taken a hands-off approach to that haven't they they're just like all right well they'll probably find us or not yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's like well, what happens and he's like well we gotta go to the white tower because they'll probably go there it's like oh, probably go find them just go though. get them yeah like it's they're very much leaning into the the will weaves is the will wills man it's gonna happen or it's not and it's like it reminds me of in uh tibet when they have that whole thing where they're just like, what happens, happens. What's, or what, what happened, what, happens. Or yeah, something. whatever they say. And at one point, Robert Pattinson's character is like, yeah, but it's not like, it's not really an excuse to do nothing. As in just like, oh, well, whatever, it's already happened, it's already happened. And he's like, we still have to, we still have to make it happen. Kind of. Yeah, I, and in this one, she seemed to be very much seen as just like, ah, no, nah, what happens, happens, man. It'll either work or it won't. I don't know. I'm just going to go chill. Tarvalama yeah, myself. I'm just gonna wait. I'm literally just gonna see if they show up. They'll show up eventually, maybe, funny, right? They beat them there. They just like they just powered through to Tarval and just like, yep, all right, we're gonna go. I'm gonna chill for a couple days. Well, they jump they a do. month ahead. I mean, they do, for... but I'm just saying they still they beat everyone else to Tarvalon because they know what they're doing and they just left those kids to 
really struggle <laughs> to fend for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, quite quite strange. I, I once again they did that thing where they drop a bunch of lore. Where they start talking about the Forsaken. Yeah, and they, and they almost said the thing, but they didn't. They I thought about sure they would say the thing. They, I was like, just, I'm like, fucking just say Shao Ghul. The Forsaken are bound with the Dark One. When he's like, oh, oh, do you believe in the Forsaken? I thought for sure one of them was gonna yeah, at some point in that conversation say, you know, the Dark One and all the Forsaken are bound in Shao Ghul. But no, they just well, didn't say it. They're just like, yeah, I believe in them, kind of. Just say the thing. Why would you say it's, the thing? It's they'd say, uh, do you, Atlanta would talk to another warrior and be like, do you believe in these guys who are definitely real and we all acknowledge are real because we live in a place where everybody knows they're real? Again, like, they're just trying to be Game of Thrones. They're like, well, in Game of Thrones, it's kind of vague if the magic's real. You can't do that for, like, the Wheel of Time only works if we all believe. We all understand. We all, not even believe. We, we all just know. know magic. Yeah, it's not like, oh, I guess I believe. But, norm- but it's like everybody, everybody in the Wheel of Time goes yes there is magic and there are people who can do magic and they're women and if they're not women and they're men they're gonna go crazy and kill us and we have to kill them like it's no good man like they and like it's just silly because again it's real and they all know it's real like if you want to have the normal character like like the people from this field who are kind of like these country bumpkins bumpkins kind of their idea if you want to have them be like what this is real i don't that's that's fine but you cannot have Lan and another warder be discussing if the if the magic is real. Like, come on, that's that's their whole thing. If you don't believe, if they don't believe in the Forsaken, what what is Lan doing? He's dedicated his life indirectly to with Moraine to saving the world by recovering the dragon. So of course he believes. Like, if he didn't believe in the Forsaken, why would he be doing this? Like, yeah, what? Huh? Yeah, what what's even be the point? Like he knows oh. the Forsaken are real. That's why they're on the quest to stop them. Essentially, like mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's just kind of goofy. I don't know. I mean, it's a fun mention, but uh, I don't know. It also it's it's weird, like how they're trickling stuff out though, because again, that is the first mention, and we're four episodes in or five episodes in now, and they are uh, maybe gonna show up sooner or later. <laughs> I don't think that they will. Or maybe they will, but I don't know. Like. I mean, I mean, they might because we I go mean, to they, the the borderlands are in the trailer. They go that's to what the I mean. like, Valdara. I think they're still going to the eye of the world. So I, I don't know, man. Still, yeah, ultimately, slightly better, I guess. If I had to really boil this one down, it'd be way less time on Stefan there and his bullshit, and actually the characters who are important and will be around for uh, years to come in this show. So. I don't know. It just feels too early to do like episode five of season one. We have to do like a, a side character, like deep dive here. Like, oh, what's he really thinking? Let's let's do let's do his emotional story. It's like we've dedicated more energy to like telling a, a, a deep emotional story about this guy than we have any of our main yet. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Like this all. And he's got a sad funeral and it's all we're all really beat up about it. Let's do that to actual like characters. <laughs> Oh, but no, we couldn't, couldn't have Rand's father tell me he might be adopted. No, yeah, we couldn't dedicate we couldn't have that, that time. <sighs> Goodness gracious, yeah. Jack! Why can't they just? Why couldn't they just make this show like just quite because good? I can't be happy. Yeah, I guess not. All right, well, let's. Uh, uh, we got one more thing we can slowly attack and do. Yeah, which is the fact that uh, another Star Wars thing got canceled. Yeah, so Rangers: The New Republic. Has been uh shit. Let's see. Let me see if I can find some official stuff on it. But I I'm not surprised by this one. I'm surprised by the timing of this announcement because okay, Wrench of the New Republic, for, just for everyone doesn't know, is basically the spinoff of the Mandalorian. 
that was going to feature all like the C-list kind of characters because they did the Mandalorian, right? That show was so wildly popular. They're just like, all right, everyone gets a spinoff, right? Um, you know, but Ahsoka spinoff, Boba Fett own spinoff, right? Every, everyone's just get they were just throwing out spinoffs from that show, right? And so Rage of the New Republic was a spinoff for like all the B characters to team up. So like Cara Dune, yeah, we can't really give her her own show, can we? Right? Yeah. That captain, that New Republic pilot guy, we can't give him his own show, but we can do this and and Grief Karga and and maybe uh, uh Bill Burr, like all those kind of guys, right? And Cara Dune was going to be sort of the head of it. And so then when they fired, yeah, when they fired with Gina Carano there, it did seem kind of like, even at the time, we're kind of like, so what's happening with that? And now it's just totally, totally axed. They basically said, like, some of it's going to, some of the plots and, and stories and stuff are just going to be absorbed into shows of, just episodes of The Mandalorian, which makes sense. And it also kind of makes me wonder, like, was there ever a point to the show in the first place? Yeah, like, you could easily be like, well, I'll just do Mandalorian. And just why didn't you do it in the first place? I, I kind of agree. I, I was never, like, over the moon about this show one way or the other. So, I mean, this is whatever. I don't know. Again, after Cara Dune was, after Gina Carano was fired and we knew we weren't getting Cara Dune, it was kind of like, well, it seemed kind of obvious, right? Like, where were they going to go with this? Like, uh, you know, regardless of your thoughts on her or not, she was clearly very essential to this show. So, once they removed her, it was kind of like, well, where are we, where are we even going with this? Um, So, yeah. It's just another, just kind of, but again, it, it, this is unfortunately just another one of those ones that's just kind of quietly, they're just like, oh yeah, by the way, we're just not, not doing that. <laughs> oh, that uh, thing? No more. Oh, you know, yeah, I didn't tell you? Oh, yeah. Um, No, yeah, we weren't doing that one anymore. Sorry. Which is just how yeah. they do this. Which is you don't love it? You don't love when all the things get canceled? No, I really don't. I'm, I'm, I'm really very much over it now. It's really kind of sucks that half of the star wars news that we've gotten in the past like i mean two years especially but even before that is just shit getting canceled or changed or i just yeah it's just it's like we talked about earlier it's very strange that disney can just chuck along with marvel like no problem maybe things get pushed back because of covid and all that but even still like nothing's Mm -hmm. been canceled the only thing that's probably been canceled i can think of is the inhumans yeah uh even that was just changed to something else and star wars just did episode nine and that was the last movie they did and they're never doing another movie again yeah <laughs> yep it's, I, I, I don't know i various sources going around about the, the i think i maybe we talked about this but the ryan johnson one is now apparently in flux as well which is very disappointing to me and i don't know what that's about but mm-hmm. i've seen stuff that that's not like that is not actually um like reliable kind of sources about that that is just kind of people trying to capitalize on this like oh yeah the uh Ryan Johnson thinks canceled too, man. Totally. Um, so hopefully that is just kind of fake news. I don't know. Well, this is officially shelved. I, see, man, you just hate to see I it. just hate to see it. Because really, now who says this? Per one recent article, Game of Thrones creators, DB, blah, blah, blah. They exited their Star Wars project. The boys, um, D&D? Yeah. And then this, whoever this insider source person says that one other project has been quietly shelved due to creative differences too and they say it also happened to ryan johnson whose own plan trilogy was shelved i don't at some point it's like i don't know what they mean when they say these creative differences kind of deal because it's like who creative differences about what right because right yeah. now it seems like lucasfilm has nothing like the, if if half their things you could can't like 
just have some ideas. I, I don't know. I don't know what this this very specific like narrow view they have of what Star Wars should be is. But at this point, I'm worried that it's more damaging than anything, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe early on with the first couple of these, it's like, all right, maybe maybe they're onto something. Kind of moderate what what they're putting out, right? But it's gotten to the point where it's like, you can't cancel everything, man. Like, I don't know. You have to let people tr- try some shit, right? Like, what are what are we trying to hold? Yeah, to here? like what what's the the trend where the people want to write? They're like, well, yeah, it's just very strange. Like, I, I can't what... imagine each and every one of these people have been coming in with these with just terrible, destructive ideas of about Star Wars, right? At mm-hmm. some point, the common denominator here is that Lucasfilm has been like, nah, we're not going to let you do that. And so you kind of left wondering a little, like, well, is it is it their fault? Yeah, are they, are they like, just being like, well, that's not exactly what we want, so we're probably just going to get rid of you. Like, again, yeah. it's controversial, but uh, I think Ryan Johnson uh, made a very, very good Star Wars movie. So I reckon he probably has a pretty good idea about what uh, makes a good movie, maybe. Just maybe. Just maybe. So when I hear that they have differences, um, I might even, and again, especially in the context of they've had differences with about eight other directors up to this point who they fired. My first reaction at this point is almost to be like, well, what? Maybe he was right. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Maybe yeah. you should have just deferred to him and let him try some. I don't know. I I still think that one's like up in the air, though. It's not. As with all these, again, they haven't like, def- it's very rare that, um, Lucasfilm actually comes out and says one way or the other. So until it's right. on StarWars.com, I will. Uh, I'm going to hold out hope, as futile as it might be. Isn't Star Wars all about hope? That's right. Rebellions are built on hope. So I reckon give it a go. Come on, <laughs> Ryan Johnson. Come you on. can do it. You've made a, we believe in you. You made Half a billion dollars. You. you made a billion dollars on uh, your Knives Out franchise. Please do some Star Wars again. Could you? <laughs> Could you just? Well, I think on that note, on the begging Ryan Johnson, I think we'll end right about here. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Akatech Jazz, that's J-A-Z, and on Gmail at Akatechjazz at gmail.com. Email us uh, anything. Nope, not anything. Don't do that. Just questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, recipes, jokes, all that good stuff. Uh, tell us what you think of the show. Tell your friends. Uh, put posters up around your schools, your businesses, your works, your book clubs. I find you can always listen to us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and Amazon slash Audible. And as always, our logo was done by a friend of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can always find him at inkocean.jpg on Instagram and at his Redbubble. Uh, and as always, we wrote it, we produced it, we built all the sets. Say goodnight to the people, Zach. Good night. Godspeed. <laughs>